This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for greater Dandenong food tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. Hi there, I'm Kate Stevenson. So you, of course, are listening to the podcast version of Relish, a show that airs each Saturday morning on Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This week on the show, now more than ever, it takes a pretty strong character to survive 20 years in the food biz. And Kirsten Tibbles has done just that. She worked part-time while trying to get her chocolate and pastry school saver back off the ground in 2002. And now both she and the school are world-renowned. I'll ask her about the path that got her here and the successes along the way. Also, I'm pretty sure you'll be just as aware as I am that it is dry July. For some, there's no escaping it. It seems like alcohol-free beers and spirits have been pretty widely available for a few years. But what about wine? I'll ask Harold's son, Chief Food Reviewer and wine aficionado, Cara Monson, what she's tasted and whether it's any good. And this week in food, there'll be news on Marameo's new weekend pasta parties, a change of ownership for the Flying Duck Hotel, high tea, returning to the waiting room at Crown and a winter wonderland that awaits at Graysland. All that still to come on the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel, thanks to Greater Dandenong Food Tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. On Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP plays all your favourite songs to help you relax. Songs you grew up with. Songs you know, songs you love. Relax with us. Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish. Now in this current world full of doom and gloom, not so much boom and a bit more bust, there's nothing better than seeing stories about the small businesses and business people who have made good and Kirsten Tibbles is certainly one of those. Would you believe her world-renowned pastry and chocolate school saver turns 20 later this month? Seven years before MasterChef was even an idea and before she was gracing the set, she knew that there were budding chefs and passionate at-home cooks who were capable of great things. So how did it all start? Well, we can ask her. Kirsten Tibbles, good morning and congratulations. Good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm very well. 20 years. That is phenomenal. How did this all start for you? I started because I saw a demand. I'd been fortunate enough to travel to Europe and I saw a great gap between what was happening in Europe in the chocolate and patisserie industry and what was available in terms of training here in Australia. So I saw it as an opportunity. And so who who was coming to you or who did you target? Were you looking at those kind of, you know, the younger chefs who were looking to specialise? Was it about passionate amateurs or was it a bit of both? It's a bit of everything actually because you get some amateurs, as we know from MasterChef, mm. that are actually more skilled or qualified than some chefs. Um, So it was a combination of amateurs and then there's professional people who may not have worked a lot with chocolate or with puff pastry, for example, so came in to upskill in certain areas. Yeah, and so was it, you know, how did it work for you? Was was it an overnight success, Kirsten, or would you say it was a bit more of a slow burn because I assume what what exists now is, is very different to what you started with? It was certainly a slow burn. I worked part-time at a job while I started the school part-time 
and I did everything myself. I made the lunches before the students came. I washed, dried and ironed the aprons every night. And in those days, we actually received faxes um, <laughs> with bookings and registrations. So we then collate all the registrations uh, that we got during the day for faxes. So yeah, it was very much hands-on and very small with just me at the start. And it built very, very quickly, actually. So it was only about four months in that I started at it full time. Wow. And so and so four months in you go, actually this is big enough. I, I can do this. This can be my, you know, my vocation. W- when did you know? When did you feel like, you know, gee whiz, this is this is a success? I've never really looked at it that way. And I'm not saying I'm not successful, but I think I always look forward and not look back. And you know, I'm not the type to pat myself on the back and say you've done pretty well for yourself. I always look at the next big thing. Even now it's hard to believe it's 20 years, but because I'm still looking forward at like what exciting things have I got coming up. Yeah. Kirsten, I do need to take a quick break, but I still have so many more questions for you. Will you hang around a little bit longer? I'd love to. Amazing. Stay right there. Kirsten Tibbles, Australia's Queen of Chocolate and founder of Saver School, will be back after these Easy Music favourites on Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for greater Dandenong food tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. Easy Music 3MP, I'm Kate Stevenson. You're listening to Relish and I'm speaking with Kirsten Tibbles. She founded Brunswick Saver School 20 years ago this month. And Kirsten... You know, you talked about, you know, not necessarily seeing things in terms of successes, but we know you have had great success over that time. Can we chat about a couple of things? You invented a chocolate. I did invent a chocolate. I was asked to demonstrate in Barcelona a few years back and they said, we want you to take an emerging trend in society and interpret that into a chocolate. And I love challenges like that. Yeah. So they gave me a theme which was called Star Rebellion, which was bold colours and patterns, and they gave me a mood board. They even gave me music that matched that style, and I created a, um, you may have seen it, a stripy chocolate lollipop with a point on the end um, that has now gone out globally, and people use that technique and create that chocolate all across the world, which is, that's really um, exciting for me to see other people create it. Oh, it's insane. Now, um, you won gold, and we're not kidding here, in a thing called the Pastry Olympics, which I know is huge. How tough was that? The Pastry Olympics was a tough one because I did two competitions, one in July, which was the World Championships in Vegas, and then I did the Olympics in Germany in October. So they were very close together after two years of training. So the Olympics itself, you do a static display which we prepared for nearly a month in Germany and then we also had a live competition so the live competition we had to had a limited time where where we had to make a range of products including plated dessert a whole cake and pedifors so tough work but all the work's actually in the training and the preparation and for people so if someone had won gold at the pastry olympics in europe and gone back to their home in germany or in france how different would their experience have been and what it meant for them next compared to you coming back to australia do you think people un- un- here understood what you had achieved no i don't think they have any idea it's it's I don't want to compare myself to an athlete because I'm not that athletic, but um, we would prepare like an athlete. Would we do time trials and, 
you know, everything has a size and a weight and a specification. So that's our work. And the more we do something, the better we are at it. So two years of training um, was a massive commitment, about 30 hours a week for two years to prepare for that. Yeah. And for people listening now, I'm sure many would know you from your appearances on MasterChef. How has that experience and being part of that program over the years affected, um, I guess, your your profile and, and the school itself? MasterChef is amazing and it's done so much for my profile and for my career. And I absolutely love going on there. There's nothing better than going on MasterChef and seeing people recreate your recipes. They might not actually feel the same way as I do. When they see me up the front, they're probably like, oh, no. Um, But I absolutely love it. And... I'm a big fan of MasterChef, so I still watch every season. Amazing. So, you know, you are you are so good at what you do, Kirsten. It's such an amazing thing that something like Save a School exists right here in Melbourne where people can get, can get access to you and in real-life classes and online classes. Um, if people want to go and have a look, who can enrol or who should enrol in your classes? Anybody, really, particularly the online classes. We have them for all levels of expertise. So if you're wanting just some great recipes to pull out at Easter or Christmas time or even for kids' lunches. We have all that covered, or even if it's just baking with kids. And then if you want to really challenge yourself, um, we do put all of my MasterChef challenges on the online classes as well, but there's over 400 video classes on online classes. Okay, amazing. Kirsten Tibbles, chocolate queen and founder of Saver School. Congratulations, 20 years in the biz. It is not often people can learn from the world's best. So we'll encourage people to head to saverschool.com.au today to check out the classes and enrol in one. Thank you so much for your time and congratulations. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks, Kirsten. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, if you're like me, you will know it's dry July. I have tasted some non-alcoholic wines and I will speak to someone who knows a bit more about them than me. You're listening to Relish Celebrating the Best in Food, Wine and Travel thanks to Greater Dandenong Food Tours. They let you travel the world without a passport on Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up. DAB Plus is the innovation to your favourite station, Easy Music 3MP, where the music is nearer and clearer in stereo right across Melbourne. There is more 3MP to love by upgrading your radio to DAB Plus. Change the way you listen to 3MP. There is more to love on DAB Plus. Find out more at 3mp.com.au. Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish. Well, if you're like me, the last few weeks you have been haunted by the words dry July and there's no denying that the non-alcoholic beer and spirits industries have rocketed. But until this week, I hadn't really dabbled in boozeless wine. Someone who I know loves her wine but has also been researching the alternatives is Herald Sun Chief Food Reviewer Cara Monson. Cara, good morning. Hey, Kate, how are we? Very well. Now, am am I right? You know, are are we seeing way more non-alcoholic wines than we had? Yeah, Kate, I reckon we are. I feel like we've seen a lot of non-alc beers, non-alc spirits, which, by the way, are actually quite excellent. I feel like there's some great products out there in those two fields. But with wine, we, we really haven't seen too many over the years. And now in the last... I'd say maybe 12 months, we're starting to see a lot more come on the market. Now, you recently tasted a few for the Herald Sun and the title of the article I read was The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Was it that black and white? Were they really good or really bad? Oh, yeah. There's some (laughs) doozies out there. But uh, there are some really good ones and I feel like you can't appreciate the good without the bad. So I think what I found is 
in in the non-alc industry, like especially non-alc wine, a lot of us have this preconceived idea about what non-alc wine should taste like because we've we've already tried the real deal. So mm. we, we're expecting that we're going to have this same sensation when we're trying these wines, but it's not going to be the same ever. It might be slightly on par, but we're always going to be trying a different product. So I think that that's the biggest thing that when people get in their minds, when they're trying yeah. some non-alcs, that this is exactly, it's going to taste exactly like wine. So I feel like if you sort of go in there with this little, uh, you know, if it's sort of like little asterisks thinking, okay, this is a non-alc and then sort of go in there with an open mind, you might be a bit more uh, akin to appreciating what it is. That's very interesting, Cara, because it, you're right. It's about managing expectations. And I can tell you, I'm sitting here right now having a non-alcoholic Shiraz because I just felt like I should get in, in the mood. And at first I did think exactly that. Well, it doesn't taste exactly like a Shiraz. It's not. So can you tell us that you, you've tasted quite a few now. Give us a few, like whether it's a, you know, red, white, sparkling, what would you say it is worth trying? Well, I feel like if you're going to try non-alcs, I think give them all a go. Give them a go from your sparklings, whites, rosés and reds, but know that the sparklings are the elite Mm. non-alc wine product. I feel like they have the most likeness because um, when we are tasting wines, I will just very quickly nerd out for a second. But when when I'm assessing wine and critiquing wine for my column, I'm looking at how this is going to taste on my palate and that journey across the palate so when we're talking about that we're we're thinking is this wine dry is it sweet are there bubbles does it make my mouth salivate do I want another sip like is it drying my mouth out uh are we is it tasting like it should taste so like Mm. if it's a red wine is it going to taste like red fruits or plums or black currants or white wines is it going to taste like lemon or apple or pear and I think with, when we're looking at it like that, uh, the sparkling wines, for instance, are going to have the most likeness because they are quite similar mm. to what the real deal is in terms of flavour profiles. So I feel like with sparkling wines, poker is definitely one of the ones that I love. I feel like they have a real good likeness. Brilliant. With white wines, they're doing quite well. I feel like Paradox is probably the most on point. And you're looking at white wines that are going to be a bit more like your Pinot Grigios and your Sauv Blancs because it's a lot harder to replicate Chardonnays and those weightier sort of uh, white wines. Mm. So Paradox is another goodie for white. Uh, one that I absolutely love and I feel like everyone should get on board with is Giesen's Rosé. It okay. tastes exactly like Provence-style rosé. And uh, I feel like if you do love your rosé, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I I was dumbfounded. It is identical. So that's good. But then with the reds, we get into a bit of uh, tricky territory because with red wine, it doesn't necessarily, like you're looking for that alcohol. And I feel like a lot of uh, non-alc wine mm. producers, they're trying to do all these fun things to make it, interesting which i really appreciate but sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't and i've got three that i really like hardy zero yeah which is a shiraz and i really liked this one because there was a vibrancy to it so it still tasted quite fresh it was dry didn't have too much sweetness to it but there was this smoky undertone and i really liked that for the complexity of the wine yeah uh so that was that was a goodie 
Sobriety Society is another one, which is a, a Tempranillo and Shiraz blend, which I think you can get from Vino Mofo um, and a few online producers at the moment. But same deal, not sweet, cool aromas, um, you know, nice red fruits and tannin as well, like that nice tannin to finish. And Kate, may I ask the wine that you're drinking? Yeah. Uh, are you drinking a Wolf Blast? No, do you know what? I, I'm not because I tried a Wolf Blast earlier in the week. I tried their Shiraz, so I'm giving yeah. a one a go called Next Destination. I just ordered a six-pack from Sands, which is an online retailer, um, so I got a six-pack mixed dozen. So this one's both Shirazes. This one, very different to the Wolf Blast one. I did find the Wolf Blast one quite light for a Shiraz, whereas this is a little bit um, sort of a bit more body. Yeah, no, and I agree. I found that with the Wolf Blast one too. It poured look like Shiraz but yes. I was pouring it out of the bottle and and still like I, I think it's a strong contender in the Shiraz that was my third option yeah but again I feel like if we're comparing it between the Hardys and Sobriety Society it's um yeah just a little a little less exciting and interesting than those two but still overall a great wine. Cara Monson you have done all the hard work for everybody listening Cara Monson Chief Food Reviewer for the Herald Sun thank you for sharing your insights I know plenty of listeners will read your reviews and Food Confidential each Tuesday religiously in the Herald Sun. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much, Kate. Thanks, Cara. Stick around. Coming up next this week in food, you're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel, thanks to Greater Dandenong Food Tours. They let you travel the world without a passport on Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for Greater Dandenong Food Tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. Easy Music 3MP, you're listening to Relish and it's that time again. Some tips on where and what to eat and drink this week in food. Well, launching next Saturday and continuing each Saturday until the end of August, CBD Italian Marameo is seeing out winter with a weekly booze-fuelled pasta party series. So what does that mean? Well, there'll be a generous pasta-heavy banquet, flowing wine and an in-house DJ on the decks. For 100 bucks a head, you'll get three courses, which include things like a hearty black truffle cacio e pepe spaghetti and a 10-cheese lasagna with wild and local mushrooms Rooms. There'll be endless wine, Prosecco and Peroni beer. It is bound to be popular. So head to Marameo, M-A-R-A-M-E-O, marameo.com.au to nab your table. Some good news for Paran locals. The team that took over one of my neighbourhood boozers, the Hobson's Bay Hotel in Williamstown, and turned it into a much-loved staple have now taken over the Flying Duck Hotel in Bendigo Street. Between now and September, they'll be busy sprucing up the place. They're aiming for an 84-seat open-plan dining room with a public bar and a beer garden. So classic pub feel with some restaurant execution in the food. The menu will be designed around a newly installed wood grill. And, of course, there'll be some pub classics. I know that Chef Ben Piggott did a mean cheeseburger at Hobson's Bay Hotel, so that'll be one to try. You can follow their progress and prepare for the opening at Flying Duck Hotel com.au Now from this month, the waiting room high tea has returned to Crown Towers, Melbourne. It's a perfect spot to perch and enjoy their delicately crafted sandwiches and desserts like a citrus and vanilla mascarpone verine or maybe a raspberry lychee jelly tartlet. You can enjoy your heavenly high tea with coffee and tea. You could opt for a glass of Piper Heidsec champagne We'll just go for the two-hour package that has free-flowing PIFA. Bookings are essential, so just search The Waiting Room Crown to reserve your spot. 
Well, maybe for a more relaxed food experience, what about the winter wonderland at Graysland? This foodie's paradise on the Yarra in Spotswood has gone all out for winter. They've got a sea of lights and colour with snowmen, snow globes, ice skates and penguins. There's a snow machine, mulled wine and fire pits and, of course... Fabulous food from their 50 vendors. You can plan your visit at grazeland.melbourne. And that's it for this week. Don't forget you can email anytime. I'd love to hear from you, relish at 3mp.com.au. But thank you for joining me on the podcast version of Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel, thanks to Greater Dandenong Food Tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. You can listen in live next Saturday at 8am. You can look for the next podcast on the 3MP website or you could download the 3MP app. Easy music, 3MP. Relish returns Saturday morning from 8 on Easy Music 3MP.